Well, now I'd like to introduce this morning's guest preacher. All throughout the season of Lent, Court Street Church is participating in a sermon series with other United Methodist congregations all around the city of Flint. And we've invited pastors from many United Methodist congregations to tell a little bit of their stories, to share how God called them into ministry and how God has brought them to the place where they now find themselves. Our hope is that as you hear these stories from many United Methodist pastors, you might begin to learn how to listen for God's call in your own life and how to follow God in the path that God has laid out for you. This morning's guest preacher is Pastor J.J. Manshrek of the Flushing United Methodist Church. Pastor J.J. grew up in the Detroit area. And you might wonder, well, can you be any more specific than that? And the answer is, no, I really can't. Pastor J.J.'s dad is also a United Methodist pastor which means they moved around a lot when he was growing up and so grew up in the Detroit area is as specific as I can get. Pastor JJ went to college in Grand Rapids. He went to seminary in Chicago. He and his wife Sarah have three very young boys in the house right now. And I've had a really good time getting to know Pastor JJ in the couple years that he's been at the Flushing United Methodist Church. His enthusiasm and his love for Jesus are contagious. And it is a treat for me to be able to welcome him as he shares a sermon with the people today of the Court Street United Methodist Church. Today's scripture comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And it goes like this. And I'm using the New Living Translation. And it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. And then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not know, did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if somebody calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and as the Lord called, er, came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. Please pray with me. Dear God, I just ask that you come into this place and you help me to preach. If I've written down anything that's worth listening to, God, I ask that you open their hearts, open their ears to hear your word this morning. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart, may that be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today, as you probably know by now, is week three 
of our collaborative Flint Mission Zone sermon series called Anointed, Hearing God's Voice, Answering God's Call. Now, if you're just joining us today for the very first time, welcome. In this Lenten season, you're experiencing the call stories of United Methodist pastors from all over the Flint Mission Zone. Now, for those who don't know, my name is Pastor J.J. Manshrek, and I am the lead pastor over at Flushing United Methodist Church. It's very nice to see you this morning. Our scripture for today can be found in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and it reads, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of the Lord. And suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you. Eli replied, go back to bed. So he did. I love this call story because from God is what, what we find is that... Um, I love this call story from God that we find in the book of Samuel because it feels a little bit like we're doing a prank call on Eli. I mean, this is the omnipotent God of all creation trying to get somebody's attention and he doesn't bother to make himself known. You ever do that thing where you walk up to someone and you tap them on the other side of the shoulder so they'll look that way and not see you, right? That's what this feels like to me. And he does it again in verse 6. It says, then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Three times God is messing with Samuel, but then Eli figures it out in verse 9. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if somebody calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And so Samuel went back to bed. See, what we hear, see here is that the proper response to the whispers of God in our lives is simply to listen. There is no secret code. There's no special formula to get God to speak into our lives. You don't even have to say, here I am. You can just listen. It keeps going in verse 10 and it says, And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. Now I'm going to leave that with a little bit of a cliffhanger because the focus this morning is not what God said to Samuel. What I want you to notice is the persistence and the patience of God reaching out and calling Samuel four times. This is very good news for us. I mean, if you've ever worried that you missed your chance to listen to the voice of God, rest assured. God will, not, uh, God will make himself heard in your life. He will not abandon you. This comes not just as an observation from the scriptures, but also as an experience in my life. I have spent most of my life trying to tell God no. You see, I'm a fourth generation pastor. My father is a pastor. My grandfather is a pastor. And my great grandfather was a missionary pastor. And so becoming a pastor was possibly the single most uncreative thing that I could possibly come up with. And so I said, absolutely not. I will not be a pastor, God. 
believe it or not, I was actually a, a pretty dorky kid in high school. And so I did really well in the areas of math and science. And so I was kind of drawn towards mission work. And so I thought, I'll be a doctor. I'll be a great missionary doctor. That's what I will be. And so I searched for colleges with the intent of going to med school. I chose the college I went to, Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, because of their pre-med program, which is amazing. And I went to the medical field, and I said, Eli, did you call me? And the medical field said, no, we did not call you. Go back to sleep. Well, actually, the real story involves me sitting in a guidance counselor's office talking about the med school requirements, and I was, um, I was at a college I wasn't even going to. I was just visiting to experience their program. And this guy, this counselor, I don't even remember his name. He leans across the desk and he said, you don't seem very excited about med school. And I was honest with him. I told him, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm not, but it's what I'm good at. So I have to do that. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He looked at me and he said, you will never make it through med school if you do not have a passion for the field. I had good grades, but I didn't have a passion for the field. And so two months before I entered college, I actually switched my major to religion and music. I thought to myself, what do I have a passion for doing? And I've always loved worship music. And so I said, all right, I'm going to be a professional worship leader, right? I knew God was calling me to work in the religious world, and I didn't want to be a pastor. And if I wasn't going to be a medical missionary, all right, I could be a professional worship leader. <laughs> I went to the music ministry field saying, Eli, did you call me? But music ministry said, no, we did not call you. Go back to sleep. I love music. I play in our church, uh, our praise band at church every chance I get. But I didn't have the skill set to make it a career. And as all church uh, musicians know, it is not a gig that pays very well unless you're in one of those giant churches. And all the organists said, Amen. <laughs> Fast forward a few more years and I was getting to the end of college and that's just about the time when people start expecting a real answer when they ask the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I knew God was calling me to be something in the church and I would not be a pastor. And if I couldn't be a medical missionary and I couldn't be a professional worship leader, then I, I had this class. I had a philosophy professor and I gave a presentation in class in my senior year. And she called me aside after class and she said, I think you could teach. There it was. I will teach religion, right? I could be a professor, right? I mean, let's be honest. Professor JJ is way cooler than Pastor JJ, right? So I headed off to seminary to be a professor. I went to the ivory tower of education saying, Eli, did you call me? And academia said, no, we did not call you. Go back to sleep. I still think that it would be amazing to someday become a professor, perhaps at a Bible college or a seminary. I studied Greek and Hebrew. I soaked up every bit of information that I could grab while speculating as to what my PhD thesis might be. And then I started field education. At the seminary where I went, all the students were required to do field education, just like a student teaching for those who are in education or hospital internships for those who are going into the medical field. My seminary wanted everyone to get hands-on experience. 
working in the religious world. And so some of us become chaplains and some of us become counselors. But for most of us, we became interns at nearby churches. And what does the 23-year-old young man do in a church? Youth ministry, of course. Now, I love youth ministry, so that was no big deal. I really enjoyed that. But then one day I got a call from a mom of one of my students. And she said, my middle school son just got in a fight with another one of the boys. And he also goes to the church. They're both in the basketball team and, and they got in a fight in the locker room. And I was hoping that you could go and talk to them because they're both in your youth program. Now again, I'm this nerdy academic kid, right? Like all my knowledge is up in my head. I don't know what to say to these boys. I'm just, I just like the Bible a lot. I had no idea what to say to these kids, but I agreed to help. And so I put some Bibles out in my office. I prepped a couple of discussion questions and I spent a lot of time asking God for some help. Please help me think of something smart to say, God. Please, please help me, help me, help me. I don't know what I'm doing, help me. And the boys came, they sat in my office. I don't remember what we said I, at all. I remember almost nothing. I know we talked, I know we prayed. I took them to Steak and Shake for dinner and then I took them home and that was it. And then the next week, I got a phone call from that same mom. She was in tears and she said, I don't, I don't know what you said to those boys but they are playing basketball right now in my driveway and I just cannot thank you enough. And I had this moment where I was kind of like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute, is this pastoral ministry? Like, is that what pastors get to do? They get to change lives? They get to help people in the real world? And I was hooked. Long story short, ever since then, I have had a front row seat watching God transform people's lives ever since. After hearing, no, I did not call you from the medical field, from the music world, from academia, finally I turned to God and I said, okay, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. The good news this morning that I hope you hear in my personal call story, but also in the story of God is calling you persistently, patiently, God is calling you. No matter who you are or where you are in your faith journey, there is something in this life that God is calling you to do. Sometimes we ignore God. Sometimes we pretend it is someone else who is calling us, but God is calling you. And the response from each and every one of us to that fact is to identify where the call is coming from and then say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now, there's two quick applications and then we're done. First, I want to encourage you to listen for God's call. Maybe you think that the call is only something that pastors get, but that's not true. God is calling you for a specific ministry in your life. God wants to use you in some special, unique way to reach someone that only you can reach with the love of Jesus. Pastors are really good at reaching people in the pews, but only you have access to the people in your life that God could reach through you. So listen 
for God's call. No matter what stage you are in, no matter how many times you have run the other way, no matter what you have said to God in the past, listen for the call. Some of you might be thinking, well, I'm, I'm too old for God to call me to do anything significant. But let's not forget Eli's role in the story of Samuel. Eli was super old and com almost completely blind, but he was absolutely vital to Samuel's call story. You are never too old or too young or too blind or too anything to use the skills that you have to point people to Jesus. So listen for God's call on your life. That's the first challenge for today. Number two, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, prepare your life for that call. Yes, listen for God's call, but then prepare yourself for what God might say. Be ready with the answer, which might mean you have to be ready to throw away the picture you had in your mind. Personally, I had to throw away a lot of pictures that I had of what I thought God was leading me to do in my life. The picture in your head might not match the picture that God is drawing in your real life. But then I hope you realize the picture that I had in my head, it was created using an outdated set of blueprints for the future, which are a fool's errand. Whereas the picture that God was drawing in my life was a masterpiece. Listen for God's call in your life. And then prepare yourself to answer that call. Get ready to say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. God is calling you persistently, patiently, like he called Samuel, like he called me. God has a good work for each and every member of his kingdom. And so I'll leave you with this. May you listen for God's call in your life. May you get ready to answer that call, no matter what that might lead you. And then finally, may you turn to God and say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Amen.